Today was an important day in American history. The Supreme Court of the United States, a panel of nine justices of many backgrounds who were nominated by U.S. presidents, confirmed through the Senate, who review the constitutionality of many different issues in America, declared in a 5-4 to four decision that DACA is here to stay. The Trump administration may not immediately proceed with its plan to end the program, protecting about 700,000 young immigrants known as dreamers from deportation, dealing a surprising setback to one of President Trump's central campaign promises and that was to deport people. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the majority opinion, joined by the court's four more liberal members in upholding the executive action by President Barack Obama that established the program. Now, for those of you that aren't too familiar with DACA, DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Now, this is a policy that has been put in place to protect eligible immigrant youth who came to the United States when they were children from deportation. DACA gives young undocumented immigrants protection from, from deportation and a work permit. The program is supposed to expire after two years, but has been extended for many folks. It was instituted by President Barack Obama by executive order, but has constantly faced attacks by congressional Republicans, federal judges, and our current president, Donald Trump. Look, we all know somebody who is undocumented. We all walk alongside folks who are undocumented, and we may not realize it because these folks are just as American as we are. It just doesn't say so on paper. It makes no sense to deport these people because they came as kids. It was out of their control to a land that they may not know. It's cruel that DACA recipients and undocumented folks have been political pawns, have been bargaining chips. And today, the Supreme Court said that it's not going to happen for now. The president and his administration can come back again and challenge this decision with more specified proposals on why they should end the DACA program. The Chief Justice explicitly said this in his majority opinion. And that was that the decision was based on procedural issues and that the Trump administration could try to redress them, stating that we do not decide whether DACA or its rescission are sound policies. We address only whether the agency complied with the procedural requirement that it provide a reasoned explanation for its action. So there is still much reason to stay on your toes and to keep a lookout for what the administration will plan next. Because, of course, the president was not happy and tweeted, These horrible and politically charged decisions come out of the Supreme Court or shotgun blasts into the face of the people that are proud to call themselves Republicans or conservatives. Yes, he did say that on Twitter, and yes, that was my Donald Trump impression. He then said, Do you get the impression that the Supreme Court doesn't like me? Yes, and you should get the impression that the rest of the American people don't like you either. I mean, he's all about himself, and he doesn't care about people. These people are just as American, or even more American, than I am, and we need to treat them that way and stop treating them inhumanely. The justifications that he's trying to make in ending the DACA program is he doesn't favor punishing children. He's a hypocritical piece of you-know-what. Obviously, we've seen the videos of kids in cages that are still going on. 
Uh, but then he went on to say that the program is unlawful and unconstitutional and cannot be successfully defended in court. Well, it was today. His decision to end the DACA program was the culmination of concerted efforts by some of his most anti-immigrant advisors. There's always a person pulling the strings. The folks arguing in favor of the program say that the DACA program is legal because the government has prosecutorial discretion in deciding whether to pursue deportation against individuals. Meaning the government can decide who gets to be deported and with this program that's exactly what they're doing. While the president is over here saying that it's against any powers granted to the president by the U.S. Constitution to enact a program like this. Look, this is a reality that millions of people face every day, living life in limbo. We're really lucky today to have my friend Jaime. Jaime is a DACA recipient. He is undocumented. And he's going to give us a glimpse into what life is being undocumented and what today's decision meant to him. Let's have a conversation here on Robles Speaks. Hi, Patrick. Thank you for having me on. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about what's going on. Um, well, uh, first of all, my well, I'm Jaime Tadeo. I've been living in Tucson since 2002. Um, I consider myself to be community advocate, community activist. Um, and then I also work on various nonprofits here in Tucson. All right. Well, it seems like you're pretty much involved in helping folks move up in this world. And, and I thank you for that. Uh, you are a DACA recipient. Yes. And we, we obviously, we woke up to huge news from the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, allowing for DACA to continue. But, you know, the Trump administration still has some room to kind of tangle themselves up with that and see what, we, what they can do. But for the meantime, it's huge news. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I woke up this morning to a whole bunch of messages from many, many people. Um, it's, at first, it was basically just allowing myself to investigate because I was really skeptical. I know that we have been waiting for this type of decision since last year, late last year. And they gave us a, uh, the May of 2020. And then from there on, it was Monday and Thursday that we had to check the news every morning um, for, those, for these last two months. So when I, so when I first saw the, the headline of the first article that I opened, I was like, wait, could it be? I don't know. So I just kind of like allowed myself to actually take it in for a minute. And then it clicked to me. And I was like, oh, okay, it's finally here. Um, so I indulged myself with like all this information that was happening. And what, if, what I first felt initially was just a relief. Uh, the first thing I felt was relief because the time, the, the moment that I read that it was legit, that it was real, that it actually happened, that's when I felt that I no longer had to check on the news every Monday and every Thursday. Mm -hmm. And and now we're actually for the I mean for the time being we're allowed to be here legally without no attacks on DACA. Mm -hmm. And and so it huge news, like I said, what are next steps? What do you what do you think is gonna happen next? Do you see a path to citizenship happening? 
I mean, I, I see that happening under a Democratic president, obviously not under this president right now. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Well, there's definitely, I strongly believe that there's definitely a, a political motive after, on this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, for me, it's really unclear to what that is really because it's an election year. Mm-hmm. And we both know that there was a, um, DACA was a bargaining chip uh, two years ago to fund the border wall um, in exchange of uh, citizenship pathway for DACA recipients. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my mind is heading towards that. Yes, it's we're grateful, we're glad that we don't have to go through that stress and anxiety of having to deal with like whether or not we're gonna stay or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also that motive behind it. So hopefully, I mean, I think at this point, politics are gonna be politics. And my personal opinion is, whatever comes, if it benefits us as people, as hard workers. Um, to keep our families together, whatever may come, because I think at one point one has to say enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And you brought up a good point, and about you know living under this extreme anxiety, your your very existence is basically a political bargaining chip, like you said. How 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 was life like living with that pressure? Oh man, well, and. It's really personal in, in a sense of like, I know many people have gone through this that are DACA recipients, which is the reality that we have to have a plan B to fall on, um, which means a lot of those plan Bs um, was, was literally having to go back to Mexico to a town or a city that we don't know much of or, or family members that we probably don't even remember since we were kids. And that type of mentality and the type of planning that we have as, you know, as, as people or, or just with ourselves, it takes a toll on us because it's, it's like for the longest time, it felt like the decision was not being made and you had to be prepared and you didn't have a date. And that what was, that was, that's what brought anxiety and stress and trauma, having to plan for something that you were not sure about. Um, and and i guess that that takes the the mo- like the motivation to keep on going is like having to figure out like if this is going to you know stay or not daca speaking um but it's it's it takes a toll to be honest especially because you're going to be away from your family you're not going to have a job you're going to be in a completely different country whether it's mexico or across the world has has this this anxiety has it stopped you from pursuing what you want to pursue in life? Um, yeah, definitely. As a, I grew up in a farm, um, having to explore the world and having to have that growth and seeing all my colleagues and friends do all these moving out of state, moving away from family and living their own life. Uh, going upstate, going, I don't know, somewhere in Europe, travel to Europe, all those little experiences that we often don't even think that are important, suddenly it becomes important to us because we have a limitation um, that we didn't choose to have. Mm-hmm. It was basically given to us by um, the administration. Um, and this current administration is it's 
I mean, it tried to take the one thing that we just had of that taste of like having to experience the world or having to, you know, move from Mexico to have a better life and you're having a good life, you're having a better life and not having it and having to think that someone can actually take that away from you. Um, it definitely does make you not want to pursue more for the fear that it's not gonna, that it's not gonna make, it's not gonna happen in other words. Mm -hmm. Have Have you, has there been an instance where you couldn't do something because of your status? Um, yeah, well, when I was attending college, one of the main things was FAFSA. I couldn't get financial aid or any federal grants. Um, I couldn't, at the time, I couldn't attend a four-year university, just like all of my friends in high school were. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully and gratefully, I was able to get into Pima Community College, but the, the same experiences were there of me not having to, for example, go to the to the field trip down to Patagonia or Nogales because there was a possibility for me to um, come across Border Patrol and, and, there were, and I had the fear that they were going to ask for some sort of identification and I didn't have any at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so little experiences like that, it, it, yeah, they, I mean, there's, it's still happening. There's still that fear, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, does this moment give you hope, hope about our government officials or is um, there work that they need to do to ensure that, I mean, DACA recipients and undocumented folks all across the country can have a uh, equal playing field when pursuing their goals? <laughs> well, it's funny that, it's funny that you mentioned it because I was asked kind of like the similar question, but differently earlier today. And it was, were you surprised? <laughs> I was like, I was surprised. I'm like, I'm gonna be surprised. I mean, th this current administration has been kind of like undoing the past eight years of our, of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like we were under attack as DACA recipients. Um, I was very surprised and I, I do have hope. Um, and it's like, and, and it's not on on, on my elect on elected officials. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much hope on the fact that some someone out there definitely does have at least our best interest in their mind. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as elected officials, I think it just goes back to the same reason that we cannot vote and having to come out publicly and say, "Hey, I'm DACA. I cannot vote." I urge you to at least register to do so. And I think that's probably like the most important thing that can come out of this. Um, it, by, it, it bought us time. This decision to the Supreme Court to vote on our favor, it bought us time to get out there, to register people to vote, to, to actually use this as an example of like good things can happen. Mm -hmm. And I've known you for a few years now. And, you know, I, I've seen you at, city council and board of supervisor meetings and you were outspoken about your documentation status and that's something that that not a lot of people do I mean, why why did you feel like that was important to let folks know about your documentation status when you were advocating for issues that you cared about 
Um, I think at one point, <laughs> oh my, my, it sounded like my voice was cracking. <laughs> um, I think at one point it was basically the fact that no one else was doing it and it was needed to be done. And I know that it's a huge risk to be out in the public to say that I'm undocumented, that I have DACA. I mean, there have been some sort of new outlets out there that have taken my words and twisted them to say that I was actually like doing some sort of harm to somebody. Um, totally uh, irrelevant. But um, if it's not us, then who is? And I can't remember who quoted that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's recent. Right. That's powerful. Um, and you mentioned something interesting. Have you gotten hate because of who you are being undocumented and a DACA recipient? Um, no, but I like to play with it. Um, mm-hmm. I found it interesting that I think that I, I take the most extreme measures to it. I don't say that I have DACA. I say that mm-hmm. I'm undocumented. Mm-hmm. So I can so I can just push that mentality into people that, hey, I'm, I'm here as a person who could potentially not be, for quote, um, legal, and I play with it. I know it, it, it is risky, but it, it sounds more serious when I say, especially if it's like in a crowd of like different political views. Um, if I say I'm documented, it, I think it has more power than having to explain what the deferred action of childhood arrivals is. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that one article that was posted some time ago, another I haven't received anything. Thankfully, I mean mm-hmm. that's good. And so for undocumented young folks in this country who are nervous and don't know what the future looks like. What words do you have for them? It's mental health. It's important. Take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Um, Being a community activist, a community advocate, community organizer, um, it takes a toll. You are fighting the good fight. You, it takes a lot of strength, a lot of, um, it's, it's just a lot of strength for you to be out there to whatever it is to be out on the streets, register people to vote, to talk in front of uh, school board meetings, city council, Pima County supervisors, um, whatever it is that you're doing, take care of yourself first. And then pretty much everything else aligns after that. Mm-hmm. Any last words you want to add to this interview? Well, I I cannot just urge the fact that it, the register to vote is probably um, my main message that has been throughout this whole day of talking to reporters and people and asking me what 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 do I think? How do I feel? I mean, it's <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's it's what we're gonna do after. It's go out there, register people to vote. Because the one thing that I know for a fact is that we currently cannot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of taking my voice away. So please have on for me. Mm-hmm. 
And Jaime is right, and I, I know I've said this on multiple episodes before, but if we really want things to change, we gotta vote, and we gotta vote for the candidates who are calling for sensible solutions for folks who find themselves in these immigration limbos. And I know I've said limbo a few times throughout this podcast. Now, what that means is you kind of you're stuck in the middle, and you're waiting for somebody to do something, whether that be the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Another reason why this decision was huge is because, like I said in the beginning, the Supreme Court has nine justices or judges. They're referred to as justices. You've got four liberals and you've got five conservatives. They're all supposed to think independently, but usually vote along party lines. The chief justice, who was a conservative, voted with the liberals to allow for the DACA program to continue. That's why this was this was huge. And you had an earlier Supreme Court uh, decision this week that made it illegal for folks to be fired from their job based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. And that was because Justice Chief Justice Roberts once again sided with the liberals. But a criticism I have of him is that in his majority opinion, he made it seem like this issue is black and white, that it's basically some sort of wonky policy thing that the president was not specific enough as to why DACA couldn't continue. And it's not black and white like that. And that's why I'm grateful that one of my heroes, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, the first Latina Supreme Court justice, stepped in and, and said, I would not so readily dismiss the allegation that an executive decision disproportionately harms the same racial group that the president branded as less desirable mere months earlier. Basically, that if they were to end this program, obviously it's going to hurt Latinos or Latinx individuals. She also shided Roberts for dismissing the idea that DHS's handling of the DACA rescission raised red flags. She also said that the words of the president helped to create the strong perception that the rescission decision was contaminated by impermissible discriminatory animus, meaning that the president's motives were basically to hurt the Latinx community in this country, without a doubt. And I know the, the chief justice, and I talked about it earlier in the pod, said that the court is not to judge whether this policy is good or bad. That's exactly what they should be doing, and that's what Justice Sotomayor is saying. And I really want to thank the liberals, and even though I disagreed with Chief Justice Roberts' comments, I really want to thank him. Two huge wins this week for the United States of America. The Supreme Court is a complicated branch of government, and I think I'm going to do an episode explaining what they do. A lot of people don't know about them, and yet they're my most favorite branch of government. I'm super fascinated by them, so keep an eye out for an episode regarding what the Supreme Court is and what it's about. But for the meantime, check on your friends who are undocumented. We who are citizens do have the privilege of not worrying a whole lot whether we're going to be sent to another country. These people do not have that privilege. So check up on them. See how they're doing. These are people just like you and I. They're our friends. They are our family. So with that being said, I'm going to end with a short clip of John Lennon's Imagine. Super powerful song. And before I do so, I really want to thank you for tuning in and joining me for the conversation. Give me a follow on IG at Robles for the People and Twitter at Robles Speaks. You may say